Harry Butthole Podcast is produced in partnership with Joy Sauce. Harry Butthole. Welcome to Harry Butthole. This is a podcast based on the Korean saying, if you laugh while crying, hair grows out of your butthole. I'm Youngmi Mayer. I'm the host. Each episode, I have a guest come on and share a sad story, and then I try to make them laugh so hair grows out of their butthole. This week, I have a very exciting guest. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Amazing journalist, here to talk about the state of the world <laughs> and you know just i feel everyone can relate is and is going to relate with this conversation give it up everybody for talika bose hello so good to be here yeah i'm sorry like i'm not to be a downer but i was kind of <laughs> like we had this conversation before we recorded and we were just talking about how we're like everyone is broke do you know anyone yeah. that's not suffering financially right now um, no. only trust fund kids there are some of them in journalism, they do exist, but other than them, no, everyone, everyone is. And I was like, I was like, just uh, in like chatting with my friends on a group chat, like, I am so fucking broke. And then I was like, this is how much money I have. And they all <laughs> said how much money they have. And it was uh, dire. I was like, okay, wait, so yeah. all of us are, uh, are we going to go to tax jail? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, so that's like the lead up into this conversation. But I think you are here to discuss kind of like what's been going on with you as a journalist, specifically as a journalist of color, yeah. as a woman of color, in light of the recent, um, you know, this huge event that is dominating the newsrooms. Yeah. Um, obviously, like the Israel-Palestine issue but um yeah i yeah so, sorry i'm just kind of like it's it's hard i feel like it's it's so hard because we had this very difficult and everyone's personal conversation yeah and then, yeah and then we're, we're jumping into it i mean it's it's everyone is tiptoeing yeah. around it and that's actually in some ways like the problem in a nutshell right it's yeah um i mean no i i don't want to tiptoe around it let's, yeah let's stomp on it okay we'll stomp on it we'll, <laughs> we'll say what it is you know and like like i believe i believe it's a full-on genocide i've said so on socials and you know mm -hmm. i'm really fortunate to work where i work but i know um it's been kind of this awful year everyone was like oh 2024 will be better and now it's worse um <laughs> so it's getting worse it's it's hard because i think that like this this like you can, I mean, this war, it's affecting a lot of people, but a lot of journalists of color are being yeah. incredibly affected. Like, we're seeing, um, we're seeing a lot of really scary, like, editorial pages. We're seeing a lot of attacking of journalists of mm -hmm. color. We're seeing mass layoffs that are disproportionately affecting journalists of color. And so what this feels like on a broader perspective is a fight for the public narrative. And against yeah. this backdrop, you you have social, you have technology. But the funny thing about that is that's overwhelmingly dominated by people that are younger and people of color. So you have sort of like, you know, you have a fight for control of the narrative right now on the media landscape. And I want to just point out that, you know, before doing this interview, mm -hmm. uh, we were going to do it, uh, I think, a f two weeks ago, and you were concerned. Yeah. And this yeah. was uh, <laughs> something that led to our initial interview being canceled and, you know, now pushed back because you were like, mm -hmm. I want to talk about this so bad, but I can't, which is the literal issue. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I got permission, you know, and I think like, you know, I've been really supported in my newsroom, but I think that I've had... You know, and I also like, you know, I fought my way up to be like a leader in editorial, but that is very rare, especially for someone that looks like me. That's almost non-existent. And, yeah. you know, it's it's really, really, really rare. And I think we've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of people get punished for doing things like signing a letter saying don't kill journalists and somehow those people are magically laid off. Um, there's a lot of censorship. Mm. I've had people and I can't reveal where they work, but I've had I've had people that have been taken off beats. Um, they have been reassigned. Um, they're not yeah. allowed to cover this um, or they're seen as too biased or too close to the story. But that that does not seem to affect 
people that are white. It only seems yeah. to affect people of color. And so I think like we've seen this mm-hmm. before and I think like people don't always realize like how the media has been. Like if you look at like um there was a journalist a while ago who was fired for saying that they were trans. They were like I'm a trans journalist. Mm-hmm. I can't be neutral on this, and they were fired. So mm. I think it's really important to look at how, like, the media landscape has traditionally always quashed minorities. So this isn't mm-hmm. new. But I've even had friends who were Palestinian journalists, like, basically being told that someone of their identity can't report on this. So, like, I don't mm-hmm. – which to me feels like blatant racism – yeah. You know, I think, like, we also have to, like, differentiate between, like, anti-Muslim res- rhetoric and anti-Palestinian, which is actually racism. And, yeah. you know, it's, it is it is really hard to watch. And then there is part of, part of it where I sometimes think I'm privileged and I'm able to say more things because I have proximity to whiteness. Like, I'm half mm-hmm. white. Like, I'm mm-hmm. half Irish and, um, you know, half Indian. And India mm-hmm. is overwhelmingly Hindu and overwhelmingly like aligned with Israel. Yeah. So it's like there's a privilege I think I have that other people of color don't have. But also, you know, what I think yeah. is interesting is that white people when they see you they're thinking, "Oh yeah. No." Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just like doesn't matter if you're mm-hmm. Indian or, you know, and yeah. India supports Israel. Does it's they just don't like, know. nope, you look like one of those people yep. that are gonna say something and we don't like it. Yeah, I, I have and, seen that a yeah. lot. And it's just like and it is funny, right? And I think when it, when you're biracial, like a really interesting thing, and I've had to do this, like if you wanna make a, a room full of white people relax, like you just have to be like, mm. Oh, I'm biracial and everyone's Play like, Oh Mr. Bright side. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Oh, yes. like you're part yeah, Irish, like me too. And so it just like, it makes yeah. people immediately relax, but it's a shitty thing to have to do. And like, <laughs> you know, and, and that's the thing. It's like, it's it's so crappy, but it's like, it's yeah. like having to code switch all the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think like with not just the media layoffs, but like the everything that's happening, like we all probably have friends in media that have been laid off. And like the Los Angeles Times, like, I'm from LA. Like, I love that paper. And people that yeah. signed, like, a letter basically were laid off or disciplined or not allowed to report on it for three months. And it just, yeah. it's just a lot of cognitive dissonance because we're not seeing those same standards being applied to, like, Ukraine. <laughs> and yep. it's like, no, no, absolutely. Just say it. Say it's it. Not. We, we all we're know not. It. We're not. Like, right. And it's like, it's, yeah. It's unbelievable. It's wild to me because it's like in so many media, like I've been in so many media outlets. I've had so many friends who are higher up in editorial and everyone's having the same conversation. Like we're losing audience. Mm-hmm. We're losing people like Gen Z doesn't like us or trust us. And I'm like, of course they don't trust you because they can see one thing on their phones and they can see your yeah. head, your headlines completely contradicting that. Like media. Yeah, you can just see it happening live and they can assess for themselves. The tr- you, yeah, you can't you can't propaganda your way out of people having access to the internet live events. I'm sorry. You can't. Yeah, like Yeah. And it's like it's funny because it's like the news media is killing itself exactly. in that way. And it's like a good. Okay, good. You keep doing that and we'll we won't see you in 5 years. I mean, and But um yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's and it's really sad too. The thing that like really upsets me about this is it's the reporters and journalists of color who are being penalized for this because i'm like they're the ones that have like fought and clawed their way into into the industry like have had to go get like you know second degrees like things that don't apply to white journalists they've had to yeah yeah, they've had to work like twice three times as hard and they're the ones being laid off you know you know there's there's like a nuance to this and i know you were talking before uh about this like how you enter into these Mm -hmm. all white all white powerful spaces where everything is controlled by white people Mm. as a person of color is how you enter into it is you have to like kiss their ass or you have to it's like what you said like being like i'm biracial you have to get your foot in by uh performing for them yeah yeah be the good person of color Mm -hmm. which is a very like asian thing yeah throw our kind under the bus Mm -hmm. but like but then the the sad thing is like once you're in there and uh your job as the like 
the proxy to whiteness as a, mm-hmm. a good like model minority yeah is that if sh- if, if the shit hits the fan it's your ass on the line yeah you know yeah it's like you're there to you're there so that when the cops get called to the house party mm-hmm. you're gonna get arrested yeah do you know what i mean yeah and it's like the one white guy in the all white i mean the one asian guy in the all white frat in alabama the cops show up to the house party. They Guess who's him. getting arrested? Yep. Kevin Park. Yep. 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 And it's like, it's like, that's your job. Yeah. And, and then it's like, um, and then it makes you feel like shit because you're like, you guys told me you hired me to neutralize your shitty racist opinions. Mm-hmm. But actually, I'm here to like fortify them in a weird way. And it feels like, I don't know, a lot of times I feel very used when I when you're enter in... into these like white spaces as a diversity person. You know? Yeah. And it, it is confusing, right? And it's it's hard. It's like I've gotten where I am now, I've gotten to do a lot of amazing work. And like I'd done a lot yeah. on racism prior. And we have a diverse newsroom, which is really unique for a science publication, sadly. But you know, where I was before, like, mm. you know, I did, I was in a newsroom that I won't name. And um, <laughs> so I was in this newsroom and they were like, oh, you know, we we totally talk about racism and we care about gender equality and we cover like sex tech and we're so cool. Right. They did all of this. And but they, they, they don't No, They're just there to. Yeah. You could see the like you could see how they treated women of color there. It was horrifying. Like like I think like we had um we had un- folks from like the union come out and like some of the absolute like stars of this newsroom like who are you know who've mm-hmm. since left and gone on to do like much better things like um like people were so like they were so hungry that they were eating like the cool work snacks for food um and it later found out right. like we later found out the discrepancy between like men and women it was insane. Mm. It was like it was like men were making twice as much as all of the women there. And this was like a publication that did gaming and, you know, tech and like, you know, it was supposed to be so liberal and so cool and woke. And it was not like that at all. And so like not surprisingly, like five of my no. pitches about Palestine, like three years ago, were just like killed in a row. And mm-hmm. they weren't even like they weren't even controversial pitches in the least i was like all i want to do is humanize people from that area like can we do like a really cool video on palestinian skateboarders like can we do something on comics like i loved mm-hmm. love comedians and like i had spoken to like you know palestinian comics in new york too about like mm-hmm. censorship and every single mm-hmm. story was just gutted and killed and then so this is the thing because i know that this is um a big i think crux of the issue the idea that everyone now depends on social media and people that are not like you know official mm-hmm. journalists for information because they're less likely to have to be silenced in this yeah and it's it's so fascinating for me to even say that because mm-hmm. the fact that journalist and uh, journalism in essence means to report something without bias to be the truth speakers yeah and now it's just a known fact Mm -hmm. that journalist journalism like media Mm -hmm. is the place where you can't hear the truth it's so sad you know what i mean like and you have to go to these people that have nothing to lose because it's not their job exactly they can actually say the truth and not lose it like that's like really mind-blowing and then like Mm. i guess what i was gonna say is like because you are in media and you know obviously i'm not how are they like processing that information it sounds like they're not really understanding that it's like this there's a direct um correlation you mean like correlation between between the the actual industry dying yeah and the and the social media like blowing up Mm. like how how are they processing that how are they talking about well like the smarter journalists are like i love i love taylor lauren's like huge fan of her um and you know she's like She's great because she started out, like, as a Tumblr blogger and, like, basically Mm. worked her way into the mainstream, but she didn't go the J school route. And so she is – she kind of invented the, like, influencer economy beat. Like, that didn't exist before Taylor Lawrence and everyone was just like, Mm -hmm. oh, that's stupid. And then it's it's ridiculous, right? And it's because the wrong people are in control of the decision-making. And we are seeing this. It's like people – don't necessarily want to see how all of these issues are interrelated and they Mm -hmm. talk about like wanting to bring in a wider audience but 
without looking at the biggest problem. Like, and I think that media literacy is literally like that would if I was going to start a TikTok, it would literally be just about that. I'm like, here's how to decode a headline. Here's what's actually being said. Like, it's mm. it's you should yeah, and not only that, but like you need to look at like who owns media companies, like where yeah. they are invested, where advertisers are coming from, what conflicts of interest exist. And that doesn't just exist with, like, this conflict. Like, um, I remember there was, like, a huge issue at, like, Fox News and Monsanto. There was, like, a documentary made about this. But, like, there was a conflict between the reporting that the journalists were doing on, like, Monsanto, RGBGH, and, like, Milk. And then, like, Monsanto was one of their influencers. Mm. Or not their influencers. They're, uh, they're advertisers, right? And mm-hmm. um, because of Monsanto, they basically kept killing the story, and then they eventually mm-hmm. fired the reporters. And mm, it turned wow. out, yeah, and then it basically turned out that, like, it's actually not against the law to falsify the news. Like, it's not. Like, you can be sued, but wow. it's not against the law to do that. So, um, I think, like, we're seeing sort of, like, I always say journalism isn't content. I'm like, it's not the same thing. Like, it can be, but it's not. But, like, to me, journalism is about, like, exposing public wrongdoing like it requires resources and time and like people and it's not just people going through an internet rabbit hole like you have to have resources to do that and yeah and yeah yeah i mean the problem that is that like people don't trust the media anymore because honestly the media has let people down especially with this right yeah especially yeah and it's i feel like this this whole event has been such a huge shift specifically this event yeah because there has been so much truth telling on social media and yeah. i fucking hate god you know i broke up with somebody but mm-hmm. and he said this and it was, like i can complain now <laughs> yeah but i remember it being like when all the news was breaking i was like okay this this news article is so nuts because i'm looking at tiktok and i'm seeing this and mm-hmm. he said something like well isn't tiktok like owned by china and i was like okay if you think yeah that 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 is true but like (laughs) it's well he was chinese but like i was like if you which you know which (laughs) he is one of these people that works in all these all white space media spaces i'm like you're the one of the good ones uh, according to white people huh (laughs) uh, but then uh i could like write a book but um but he was like oh well isn't it controlled by china like we have to like we have to be suspicious of every source right and i'm like okay fair Mm -hmm. but but like these like this new york times article is blatantly like fucking wrong and like very obviously being controlled so like okay yeah you're right we should be suspicious of tiktok or whatever but we should be a thousand times more suspicious of this article that makes absolutely no sense yeah i mean i think what you're you're talking about is just sort of like a loss of, of public trust right and i think legacies haven't quite caught up to the fact that like it used to be a they situation. Can't scam us anymore. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. the thing is, like, it used to be like legacy media. They print papers. That's where you get all of your information. There's no alternate source. Like, let's not forget. Like, it was a cell phone video that brought about like the entire George Floyd movement. It was a yeah. young teenage girl who stood there filming that entire thing. By the way, it was nominated for Pulitzer for that. I think one, but. That video, mm-hmm. just people seeing the raw truth of that on their phones, like you can't headline that. It's too powerful. You can't you headline can't, that away. You can't fuck with that. You can't yeah. exactly. And like we have, like we have, like thousands of George Floyd's coming out of Gaza. Like our timelines are flooded. You can't. And it's infuriating to see mm-hmm. people try to fuck with us. Like it's you know it's mm-hmm. like the whole. And I think people, obviously, I think we've talked about this before. Like people who've come out of like abusive childhoods yeah we we know you know when larger governments are fucking with you in the same way that you mm-hmm. experienced as a child and you like processed it mm-hmm. you can like call it out and i know a lot of people have been pointing out like the actions of the israeli government it's like near an abuser. Narcissist yeah. abuse yeah. yeah and i'm like i'm like yep that's exactly what that looks and like gaslighting and the, in, mm-hmm. the gaslighting it's so infuriating to see someone be like well yeah isn't tiktok owned by china oh i'm so glad i broke up with him but <laughs> do you know mean i'm yeah. like how fucking dare you bro like no no well, i'm not putting up with that well yeah and if i any, see right through if it. anything yeah. else it's like you know sometimes we need like a checks and balances in in our big world powers like 
You know, the U.S. might be yeah. like, oh, you know, look at what China's doing with the Uyghurs. And then China might be like, well, look at what America's doing with, you know, with everybody, with everyone. Right. <laughs> and so it's just like since the dawn of time. time. Exactly. Since 1776. Exactly. Actually, earlier. Ex- actually, before before the millions. <laughs> yeah, actually, what am I even talking about? Yeah. Before America was America. Exactly. And so I think I think it's important to have that checks and balances there because you don't want one small yeah. group of people you know, basically controlling all of your access to information. You don't. And they're old white men because they no. don't know anything. No. And it's like, it they're is weird. It's true. Out of t- Have you seen Joe yeah. Biden? What was he even talking about yesterday? I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, like, they're, oh, wait, can I, yeah, they're, I mean, wait, can I also say, yeah, oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. I, I like that I mean, we're like what, getting in this conversation now. <laughs> we're so, there's so much stuff to there's talk so about. We're just like, about. Ah. Yeah. I just want to uh, point out because, you know, I am really interested in the whole like, tiktok thing mm-hmm. sorry i keep bringing this up but like yeah. i think the thing that i said you know where i was like oh if you have this background of um you know like psychoanalyzing psychoanal- like your life and mm-hmm. abuse and knowing about knowing about that field of study yeah uh you can like put it onto these other um things like politics or whatever mm-hmm. right but that i think is also a strength of tiktok because a lot of these young people these gen z people blowing up for mm-hmm. covering you know palestine right now yeah they do that all the time yeah because that is such a big um topic of conversation on TikTok, narcissism like mental health yeah, yeah or narcissism mm-hmm. like those psychological components and there are people that are like so far advanced of like mm-hmm. the you know like legacy media journalist rooms where they're like now like breaking apart how this kind kind of comes about right and like you know like uh like what's comparing it to like other forms of um or things that happened like this in history mm-hmm. comparing it to like uh narcissistic abuse yes. there are people that are making these connections because, because like you said yeah. earlier like we people have to realize that uh the way forward is to realize that everything is connected yes. and things kind of move in these same systems mm-hmm. and the young people that are making these videos and this content now mm-hmm. are journalists in the fact that they are reporting something you know as they see is the truth but then they're also making these correlations yeah. between fields that have never been like connected before and they're doing it at like rapid speed you know i mean dude the best piece of reporting i got because i'm an editor the best thing i got was from a 19 year old and like i supervised yeah. her and she was like you know we did this whole thing on like nuclear nuclear missiles like nuclear missiles like on her land like she has mm. the only, like, um, she's part of the Mandan, Hidatsa, and Arikara Nation, and, like, they have the only Native American reservation that has, like, ICBMs, like, nuclear missile silos underground. Wow. And her family is literally what is in, it's it's called the, like, nuclear sacrifice zone, and that's literally what America calls it. What? And, of course, they put... They put that on Native American land. Of course. Right? And I'm like, and and I was like, that's shocking. And and all, you know, everyone who's white was like, oh my God. And she's like, well, I'm not surprised. <laughs> and she's like, none yeah. of us, none of us are shocked. Um, but yeah. you know, there was this French scientist we worked with, and he basically sort of like mapped the fallout from all these ICBMs. And so you could see how long it would take you to die within like the radius. Oh my god. And it's like her family would be blown up immediately. If there was ever like a World War Three, America, yeah, and so I was just like, you know, so that's the thing. It's like you can see, but you would never hear that information or that perspective. Like I Mm-mm. saw during like the um, there was this, <laughs> there was this account that I started following, yeah, and he is like a military vet, yeah, and he was like watching all the videos in Palestine mm-hmm. and telling you what um, what are those called? Like those not technique, but like you know when they go into like. A battle or an area mm-hmm. or whatever they have uh you mean like like what are they called like you know and you mean like, like the military formations formation the like rush that. yeah, yeah. Like a formation or or like some sort of planned mm-hmm. like, like the plan ba- of attack the plan of attack yeah yeah but they have multiple kinds that you learn mm-hmm. when you're in the military mm-hmm. and so he was like showing the videos and breaking down like what they were doing mm-hmm. and like it's like just hearing a vet and it's like this guy he looks like the 
Lieutenant Dan, you know, wow. he was like smoking in the backyard. Like, oh my god, like when I, I was in Afghanistan, and then oh my god, obviously very anti-war and anti-American yeah. imperialism, and he he thinks it's fucked up what America did in the Middle East, and mm-hmm. he's just like, let me tell you what's happening right now and why it's fucked up. Yeah, and I was watching this like, you can see this guy is like real like it's not some fucking artifice fucking lieutenant dan like smoking cigarettes and just talking to you well well, that's like yeah and i was just like i'm learning so much from this from this guy right because it's like never yeah because it's like everyone and it's hard right because it's like on tiktok like tiktok's like that's why i think media literacy is so important to learn because like yes there is there are a lot of influencers fake people right but they're also there's to be fair maybe he was an actor he was wearing i mean there there is like i've reported on this too but there's like a ton there was a ton of misinformation too and like there also what like there were people that were and this is the most disgusting thing and this is one thing i did not like about the influencer economy but there were people like pretending to be there and like basically pretending that they were like correspondents there or they were reporting from there to like build up their following or or just like or like or saying things that saying things from palestine were like um they call it pollywood so they were like oh this is all fake these are all actors like i've seen those too yeah so a lot of that stuff was blowing up um like from from like multiple sides there were things from video games that were being repurposed as like um as real when they're when they weren't right and so a lot of people were just like using it to build engagement and the problem was that um i'm sure like there's a lot of really really good factual stuff on there but real reporting like it takes it takes a long time like um there's someone i'm actually good friends with from the bbc shayan and he is on the bbc verified team and so like their entire job is to look at things that are going viral and be like okay like Mm. can we verify if this is true or not and like did this happen and like in some cases we'll be like no this is like how dare you this is a real family they're grieving like it's incredibly messed up to say that they're not but then in other cases it'll be like this is from a video game (laughs) like yeah yeah so well here's the thing though like here's the thing about the example of the military Mm -hmm. vet that i was trying to say yeah um so so in in terms of fake propaganda Mm -hmm. like the video game stuff you can see why like media literacy i think I don't know if this is the correct term for it, but like yeah. you could see how that is fake because obviously someone's like, oh, if we make a fake video of this, this is going to look emotional. It's like those like YouTube videos where it's like mm-hmm. girlfriend walks out on date because he doesn't have enough money. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. Not not only is it poorly acted, but you can see the way that somebody Thinking. would think that they, they would create a fake scenario because mm-hmm. it's a misogynistic thing that they want to make to get guys to, to hate women right right, right. Like you can see the writing brain the of joe rogan types that. yeah but i think the tiktoks that are most um like influential and powerful mm-hmm. are the things that are just real naturally coming about yeah that you wouldn't no one would ever even think of creating propaganda like the, yeah. the video that went viral where the woman is just showing you geotags yeah. of Palestine versus Tel Aviv. And she's mm-hmm. like, okay, so Israelis are saying that they're under attack. Let's just look at the geotag in real life, like mm-hmm. real time. So she just clicked on it and it was just people doing yoga, people eating brunch, people going, you know, to ni- nightclubs and snorting cocaine. And then they just showed yeah. Gaza and they were being blown up. Blow so it's up. like, okay, mm-hmm. so how did like that kind of video, right? Or like some guy smoked smoking cigarettes in his backyard like yeah no one would even like think, think that of creating a propaganda like that i mean and, Do you know what and I mean? people have tried it's like i think for me like i've probably relied yeah. the most on like citizen journalists coming out of of gaza and it's not even fair to call them citizen journalists like i would call them journalists right but like motaz yeah. um Bissan, like people like that who've been like documenting documenting stuff real time and it was really weird to kind of like you know, I think Motaz like got more followers, I think, than Biden in the end. Like millions and millions, of, like people were just watching him document like horror. Yeah. But then when he was like flown out, um, you saw the whole thing with like Deborah Messing, because then Deborah Messing like accused him of being an agent of Hamas. Um, and I think the funniest response was like he heard about that and he was like, and he's Gen Z, he's like twenty four years old, and he was like, "Who's Deborah Messing?" <laughs> <laughs> but like you didn't even know yeah, who like, she was. It wouldn't even, yeah. 
yeah but it's like but that's like the similar yeah. to what i'm saying it's like yeah it's like they're like oh look it's propaganda it's fake and the people that are actually there are like how dare what, you yeah what do you what do you even mean like i that's not even occurred to me you know yeah. it's like yeah i mean i um, mean i think that's yeah those are the things that they just can't fight you just can't fight that you can post mm-hmm. however many fake video game things of oh my god this baby is a fake baby doll thing but like you can and also like there's yeah deep like i like we asked like i've asked because i wanted to know like okay like was there an issue with deep fakes like is that going to be a thing in the future and like um actually shayon who i talked to at bbc he was like deep fakes have barely come up and like they're so bad that it's like obvious if something is ai um, it's always Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. It's just Tom Cruise doing stuff. <laughs> yeah. The deep fake technology yeah. has only been perfected with one face, and it's Tom Cruise, unfortunately. Yeah, you know, and like, and that's the thing. It's just like, and also just like the sheer volume of stuff. There's always going to be like denialists. Like, yeah. I guarantee you, you will find people in the U.S. that think the George Floyd video is fake. Like, I guarantee it. Oh, of course. You know, but the, uh, the thing about that, and the, I think the the hard conversation about media literacy because it's like mm. for for you know it is very important and for us it's like saying uh part of it's kind of like of course this is fake come on yeah. like it's kind of like that yeah but the the thing and and my my uh knee-jerk reaction is to be like oh someone's really dumb if they believe this but that's not fair because the reason why they're they're believing something that's so obviously fake is it's an emotional reason yeah they really want it to be fake well, they want the george floyd protest video like a uh, video of to him be, being murdered to, to be, be fake, fake right and it doesn't matter how how obvious it is mm-hmm. it, it's the um, emotions are more powerful than logic especially yeah. in men which is yeah ironic because they always accuse us of that of being too emotional right and it, it is interesting too because yeah. it's just like the defense like i have been curious about like this defense mechanism too because like the emotional, i think yeah. it's been um you know I, I think it's like it's very fair to be like hey this is like i think it's bad if people are killed like that's not you know, nobody nobody is saying what happened on October 7th was good. Everyone knows that was an act of terror and that was awful. However, yes. it's like the disproportionate response was disproportionate, right? Horrifying. It's like it was disproportionate. Yeah. And it's like I remember like I was covering a story when everyone was like, we have to be really careful because we don't know um, – we can't say that Israel has bombed a hospital, so we need to be really careful. We need to go through copy. We need to, like, check, and we, we can't run it until, like, more investigations have come out. And then, like, hospitals just started getting, like, completely annihilated, yeah. and then that information was and outdated. And the narrative changed. Everything, yeah. right? And it just, like, it very quickly became shocking. And I think, like, the thing people don't realize, too, is, like, the connection between our own foreign policy. It's, like, we are not... I think this was the first time people realized, like, oh, America, like, we're not the good guys. Like, we are not oh, the good yeah. guys, right? And I think, like, um, it's funny because, like, my on-again, off-again <laughs> boyfriend is Scottish and a journalist, a politics journalist, too, and was just like, oh, like, we've known Americans were fucked, like, forever. Like, I knew this at, like, 18, right? Yeah. Like, well, here oh, – oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right? Sorry. And it's, like, for us, though, like e- – even if we're people of color, even though, you know, even though we can, you know, still see systemic injustice, there we've still been brought up to believe that we are the main character in the world. Like, we have. If you were yeah. brought up in America, you know? Yeah, and I, like, there was a part of me that didn't believe that, but weirdly did, I think. And mm-hmm. that's what recently, when all of this started happening, I remember living through the 9-11 times, you know? Yeah. and And... The interesting thing is at that time, there were half of Americans were really protesting the American response mm-hmm. in Iraq, Iran, and um, Afghanistan. Yeah. You know, like they were protesting it. There were entire seasons of The Daily Show mm-hmm. uh, countering it. Right. There were South Park episodes about how fucked up it was. Mm-hmm. Like, it was part of the public discourse that mm-hmm. it was fucked up. Yeah. But we were still kind of like, yeah, but, you know, like, it was like that, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, and um, journalists yeah. journalists were losing their jobs, though, at that time. Like, like Chris Hodges right. from the New York Times, like, um, he was, like, I think the Middle East bureau chief at that time and he was like hey the iraq war is is bad like this is not good and they were like oh you're fired um (laughs) 
So And it's scary to think how long this has been going on, you know? Yeah, and it's just like and it made it's so messed up. And it's it's weird because I think if you're a journalist, it's like, okay, our salaries are lower. Like we would be paid so much more if we went into tech and did PR. Like we'd be paid yeah. so much more. But all of us took a lower salary and, you know, devoted our lives to this work, put in extra hours because we believe in it. And it's really, really, really painful for everyone. Like there have been headlines about this. Like I think even at like BBC, like people were in the yeah. bathroom, like sobbing their eyes out because people feel in their own newsrooms completely helpless. And it's not until the news industry like destroys itself. And I'm like, truth is your business model. Like this is your your business mm-hmm. model is to tell the truth. Like if I was the most like, I don't know, corporate I would go into a room full of of corporate folks and go, this is the dumbest like business decision I've ever seen. Like, do you know what future proofing is? Do you know the fact that like everything will live on the internet forever? Everything will be dissected. Media coverage and the media beat itself isn't is now an industry. Yeah. Like, so it's just yes. it's just stupid. So I just like I don't. They're so out of touch. It's completely out of touch, and it's like it's. It's cannibalizing itself, right? And so when everyone's like, oh, we're failing, we're failing, I'm like, because you're not giving the readers and the public what they actually need, which is the truth, which is your job. <laughs> like, Yeah. So it's just like lost all of its like power, you know, like. It's losing its power. I mean, it's hard or, because like, yeah, it's, there, there are some things like there are some packages I've worked on where I'm like, we would. Here's the thing. Like, I, I still don't think content and journalism is the same thing because on TikTok, yeah. I see a lot of people like taking print articles or taking someone else's reporting. Like, I think Taylor Lawrence talks about it. this too. Just reading it and just like pointing out things or just like doing the like web cross brain scan thing. Like, insight and commentary isn't the same as reporting because, like, yeah, yeah. you know, like to do, I would say the most valuable form of reporting is investigative work. Right. And it's like, mm-hmm. I've done that. I've only put one person in jail, but, you know, <gasps> I wish it had been more. Um, yes. But yeah, it was someone that was like basically using um, revenge, revenge porn group chats on Telegram to like terrify women wow. in other countries. And like they came to us because they had literally no other option. Like the courts failed them. And, you know, it was an amazing story. I love story. that kind of journalism, too. Yeah. I love whenever I see stories like that, I'm like, F- finally. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, like, you know, there's a lot of countries that don't have laws against revenge porn. We actually don't have Korea. a federal. Yeah. We don't have a federal law against <laughs> revenge porn here. And so, like, yeah. it's, it's so, yeah, like, luckily, the the guy that did it was in Canada. <laughs> so, I think they do have a lot. But um, that kind of work is, like, okay, I mean, obviously, I love, like, don't fuck with cats. And I think that online vigilantes yeah, oh, I love that. online vigilantes can do a lot when they work together but um i think like there there is some reporting that you do need resources and you do need money for it's like there's also boring yes. like there's boring but important journalism like community stuff like yeah. you need to know like your job is to be a watchdog like if you have a bunch of people yes. like i don't know new york city council doing something shady like you need people to talk about that like you need people who can investigate like know what a FOIA request is, know how to use PACER, like dig into public records. Like that stuff takes a lot of time and you honestly can't do that unless you have a team and a dedicated staff. Like all we'll have left is commentary. And so a whole bunch of Mm -hmm. like the actual me, Mm -hmm. like there is a lot of content that to me is content and it's like, sorry, it's like a lot of that stuff is garbage to me and isn't reporting. But if it's like, yes, I need to investigate this public official, I need to know what law is being passed. Like, they're also really incredible independent journalists that do this. Like, um, Erin Reed is fantastic. Like, um, she's a trans journalist and she has basically looked at like every single piece of anti-trans legislation in the past several years and like decoded it for an audience. Mm. Only person doing that. And like has a big following because like, focuses mm-hmm. on that like joel Burvel, who um who, like examines like racism in medicine like has a huge tiktok following because he's so good at that but he's so he's so like over accomplished that he literally he's a medical student and he does this in the morning <laughs> like before mm-hmm. going to medical school mm-hmm. so like those are some exceptions but when it comes to like but that those are exceptions those for the most exceptions. part it's just somebody reading articles Other, and yeah 
a lot of times it's misinformation and it's moving so fast that who knows right. it's, it's a hot mess which is yeah. which is why i'm like i would love to put journalists and influencers together because i'm like i feel like they need each other i'm like i think I think journalists, 100%. yeah, I'm like, journalists don't know how to present their work. They're not like the best investigative journalists are like the most camera shy people ever. They hate it. They like hang out in dark rooms and look at documents in basements. Like that's an amazing investigative reporter. It's not like Spotlight, you know? Yeah. Honestly, I feel like that's like, that's a great way forward. It's like yeah. how things are shifting and moving. It's like, mm-hmm. um, I think I was bringing this up earlier my friend helen who's been on this podcast who's a great producer Mm -hmm. but she was like kind of like where you're standing where it's like no there is important things that we're doing in this official Mm -hmm. legitimate industry that cannot be replaced by social media it just can't yeah because it's so it's uh, because a lot of social media and tiktok is like very it's problematic and it's cheaply made and the the fact yeah the, the thing that's good about it which is that you can just anyone can do it is also what's the worst thing about it yes anyone can do it but it's also like well even like even even your brand i think like you you started doing things that i I think nobody else was doing and i think like before we even met i would just like obsessively watch your tiktoks because like i was depressed all the time from working in news and i was like that's what helen was saying and i think this is what you're saying it's like these people that are you know you're so um you are so uh, talented in this very specific field and, it, mm. and you uh, like actually carry the integrity of that field, which has lost a lot of its integrity because Aww, you thanks. actually believe in like what it stands for, which is what or what you thought it stood like, for before you entered it, which is truth above all. Telling the truth. You know? I'm like, dude, tell the truth. I mean, it's so it just still blows my mind. Like, it's funny. Like, I, I bring up this example a lot. Like when I was a student journalist at UCLA. Yeah. Um, this was like ages ago. And I think it was in my senior year and I was supposed to like I was supposed to cover like there was like anti-legislation prop aid it was like this was around the time when they were like oh like if you're gay you shouldn't be allowed to get married xx right and right I interviewed um like the first kind of like that yeah I I I regret to inform you (laughs) (laughs) I interviewed I interviewed like back when they wouldn't let back when yeah (laughs) back when I know but like I interviewed the first like I interviewed the first lesbian couple to get married and oh wow yeah and and they were just kind of like um you know you're biracial and you know that like your parents wouldn't have been like able to get married either like Mm -hmm. before and I'm like yeah but it made me look into that and so I wrote a piece and my editor at the time was like, this is too pro-gay. Like, I think that you need to balance wow, it canceled. more. And I think mm. that you need to, like, make sure that the other side. Like, balance people, it with what? People that, like, God. don't. And that's the thing because I'm like, I want been, the gays to get married. Right, right. Yeah, I'm, I get, no, like, I, get what he, I get what the editor was saying. Yeah, but, but it's like I've been in media yeah. long enough where I'm like, okay, like, this is like people call journalism like the rough draft of history. And they're like, oh, it doesn't have to mm. be morally right. But I think God. it does. Um, and so, like, yeah. I refuse to change my copy. And so, like, you know, there is, like, so, there is an asshole in the in the reporting who was like, oh, this is like marrying your cousin. And I had to include that person. But I could keep the narrative the way I wanted it with, like, the protagonist right. I wanted. And 10 years later, like, I'm not ashamed of that article. Like, it'll come up on CBS. And I'm like, yep, it's fine. Like, I don't, like... I didn't sell out then, so I'm not going to sell out now. Like, you know. Well, here's the thing. This is well. I just want to finish my thought because, like, yeah. I'm saying the people that are like you that actually went into journalism thinking it was one thing, realizing it wasn't. Yeah. Um. And but you know the bones of it so well. Mm-hmm. And I think what you're saying and the, all the problems you're pointing out with TikTok and obviously, you know, I'm like such a big champion for social media. Same. But yeah. I also understand that it is the worst. It's the best. And, and you know, worst. I get it. <laughs> yeah. I get it. It's it's not right 99 percent of the time. But I think there's like this powerful like synergy that can happen with people like you that are sort of like moving away from the old school world because you're looking at the old school world and being like, this is broken. Yeah. And then entering into the new school world and you're like, well, okay, this is broken, but we could we could like merge the best parts of both. Of both. Yeah. That's... And I think there's like this uh, f- like void there that you could very easily fill, which reminds me of my friend Helen, who is doing the same exact thing with uh, cool. production and directing where she was like, I'm leaving this world 
because mm-hmm. it's dead. It's dead. But this yeah. new world kind of sucks too. And like, let's like make it better. <laughs> you know, taking the old and the new. And I think that's very exciting. And I see yeah. that. You know, in you and also Helen. Yeah, and I'm like that. You know, journalism isn't going to die. It's just going to change form. Yeah, like, it's just going to transform. I don't, it, I don't think so. It can't. Like yeah. people need the truth. They need to know what is happening. Like people are always going to want to know. Like, like um, I bet like. And speaking of, like, Elon Musk, everyone's like, how can you stay on, like, X or Twitter, like, you know, like, Elon's there. And I'm like, yeah, and he absolutely hasn't censored stuff, A, because he's a white supremacist, but B, because of how much money he's probably making on on Twitter and X right now. Because, like, um, X hasn't censored, like, censored material the way, like, TikTok actually has been forced to or Meta has been forced to. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's... You know, it's not for a good reason. It's not a benevolent reason, but there is more. There's more on this than you can find in necessarily other places. And I think that's like the nuance take for for everything because I feel like a lot of times mm-hmm. I come off sounding very like boo, <laughs> fuck, fuck Wall Street Journal, <laughs> like fuck those old uh, white guys. Um, yeah, yay TikTok. Like I know I sound like that, but I think. What you just said is the the truth, right? Closer to the truth, the nuance take, where it's like there's huge issues with both, and mm-hmm. you can you can um, point out like yeah, like what you just said, like maybe the reasoning or the the main like reason things are happening is not good, but you can do good with it. You, you can, know? or you can. Yeah, I mean that being said, With like, yeah. God, I have friends on like another new media outlet, and like everyone is stressed out, and like, it's just it's hard because I'm like, if I like, if I was ever like, you know, I was like, I would love, I would love to see a newsroom where it's like, there's influencers and there's journalists of color and they're working together, and it's like not, yeah. it's not old white guy top down, like. I would love to see reversal mm. of that power structure because I'm like, I'd love to see like a Palestinian journalist and a managing editor role. Like, you know, um, yes. like Sarah Yassim, I think was like, she resigned from the LA Times, but she was Palestinian and she was their managing editor. So like, she mm. was just one of like many people of color that left the LA Times recently. We should all get together and, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get all the people <laughs> like you that are smart and do all the research yeah, and fact check. And then people like me that just get angry for no reason. <laughs> Put them and together. Just like, <laughs> and yeah, and I'm just like, can you believe this? Because it's just, you know. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, it um, It does like need to, no, you're going to laugh really hard. Like I, I, I had floated this idea around and like within minutes, like I had white friends who were like, can I join? <laughs> and... I was like, of course, of course. you, you can like, of course come. You, you're invited. It's okay. But, you know what's going to end up happening? Yeah. It's going to be um, the person at the top instead of an old white guy. It's going to be a bisexual white woman. Yes. It- <laughs> that's never had a girlfriend. She only dates guys because she's bisexual. <laughs> she's bisexual. <laughs> and she I does love- improv. I- that's who's going to lead the, the news. I- it's like any any diversity it. space, mm-hmm. it's always a bisexual white woman that lives in brooklyn that's never had a, a girlfriend yes that she will absolutely CEO. she will be the C- she will be the girl boss of the of the oregon too <laughs> and if you say anything like joke about the fact that she's never had a girlfriend and she gets really upset guy, she's gonna be like that's descript that's by that's bias yeah by erasure how dare you like i have to say as a bisexual person that's never had a girlfriend i can say that <laughs> I mean, that's actually true i i've had had a girlfriend though you've had a girlfriend okay yeah and like i'm a bisexual that has had like a half girlfriend i don't know if that counts but we both can say make fun of our ourselves own. i'm like it's just ourselves like, does okay this, does like a situation type count like like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah but i yes it counts a situation counts no okay I, <laughs> by erasure i'm oppressed <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> right. that was oh, really funny. I'm just like, I was laughing because you know all the Twitter discourse yeah. recently about the there was like this uh, lesbian bar in the West Village, and there's a straight <laughs> white guy that went to go meet one of them. Oh and my god! A lesbian told him like, "Have you have you seen this? I think I've seen this it. The week, but remind me the drama of the week. No. And so this 
So the straight white guy mm-hmm. walks into this white lesbian bar. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure that they allowed other people, but it was just white people. Yeah. In the West Village. And this lesbian was like, why are you here? It just gave him a hard time. Yeah. And then I don't think he left. He stayed and had his drink. But then he was like, that was rude like that. It's like, how dare you and- not include me in your safe space? <laughs> Yeah, and then people were like, it was like blowing up all over TikTok, and I just like tweeted, I was like, oh my god, I'm so proud of white people, they finally found a way to oppress straight white men. Oh my god. Congrats. You guys been trying so hard for this. They won. They won this week. I'm glad they won this week. I'm proud of them. I'm proud of them too. (laughs) You know, like some safety, I think I'd seen something about that, about like safety, like about like when, um, you know when like straight girls go to like gay bars and they're like, oh, I feel safe here um yeah and then they get drunk and they try to make out with the uh, lesbian yeah 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 I, that's what's happened to me um so. <laughs> they're like in a bachelorette party they're wearing those little tiaras with the dicks oh my god. on them yeah they're like i love lesbians oh my god yeah i literally had um i had like a girl that was straight and i'll put this in cor- like parentheses yeah. like straight um she came up to a wedding and just like kissed me in the middle of the wedding and i was like and then she just like ran away and i was like it was it was a weirdest experience, but I was like, okay, you do you. You know, mm-hmm. don't. She's oppressed. Yeah, <laughs> I have nothing to say. That I have I have, nothing. Funny I was to just say like, that. yeah. I was like, oh, um, it's okay. I'm like, she'll find her way one day. Hopefully. <laughs> <sighs> well, um, this is like such a fascinating conversation. I think we both have like so many thoughts on it. Um. I oh also I just want to point out because I know you were careful to say this mm. and um I think it's very important to state this that you're where you're working right now you are not feeling you know all of the things that we were complaining yeah, about no, you I feel, feel I feel safe there room, yeah yeah and I think like room to champion the truth yes like I have been able to fight for coverage there um you know we have we have covered some things there but I think like you know, more importantly, like, I, I'm allowed to say what I want on Twitter. Like, I think that's really rare. Um, Which I think is, like, so weird because, like, mm-hmm. even if you are a journalist, you you ha- you should have the freedom to have a social media account that's a personal no, social media No, I mean, like, account, I've, been, I've been told it's, like, know. you know, I used to want to go to the news a long time ago. I didn't want to anymore. Like, I've interviewed and I was like, mm. But I've been told, like, I have friends yeah. there and they were like, oh, you could definitely come, like, an op-ed. But your Twitter will now, like, disqualify you from non-opinion work because you have like taken a stance about killing being bad um which is really confusing to me because like it is confusing the last thing i'll mention because i think this is important i think a lot of times when people want to discredit um journalists especially journalists of color they call them activists but if you actually look at like Mm. ida b wells um who is like the founder of investigative journalism she's a black woman um Mm -hmm. she was the first person who started really like investigating lynch like lynchings like that was mm. her and i don't think she was investigating lynching because she was like oh this is a good thing that's happening like she had like a moral imperative to uncover that so i think like journalism it, it, like at its core it's supposed to be like intertwined with moral good right yeah. and so i think like calling someone a activist to discredit them from doing that work is is harmful yeah. Mm-hmm. And well, to sort of like piggyback off of what you're saying, and I think this is kind of like the core of what I, I find so fascinating about all, all this. And I think the more and more I like, like hear about journalism and, you know, the history of it. And I think I've like, I think pretty much everyone's like kind of been aware of it. But like, uh, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think what, drew you to journalism and i think what draws a lot of people to it is this deep like i don't know why it's gonna make me just always gets me so emotional Hmm. it's like this deep like burning need to make sure that the the right or the truth Mm -hmm. is known and a wrong has been righted yeah righted yeah Yeah. it's like this desire this burning desire and i feel like in a lot of ways i feel that too like Mm -hmm. if i know something is not true Mm -hmm. i have this burning desire for justice you know let's say and it's this it's this thing that's been like 
commodified in American culture specifically with mm-hmm. like you know it's like such a big theme in American culture right. freedom and Superman like he's gonna just like save you like right these wrongs <laughs> you know yeah. and um and it's kind of like part of the the propaganda that propelled America to where it lives in I think the minds of a lot of people not anymore but it used to like this mm-hmm. like freedom and we care about the truth and you can't yeah we're not like other countries where you have a king and you have to lie we're not like russia where you have to (laughs) the government's gonna lie to you we we tell the truth here we're a democracy Um, yeah and like i think the more and all the adults said it to us when we were young Mm -hmm. but we never listened like the the older you get the more you find out that that's a, a complete lie yeah and you have to like go through the grieving process of realizing that it's the the opposite is true. If you do tell the truth, you're gonna get harmed. You're gonna get fired. You're gonna get laid off. You you're watching this happening in mm-hmm. real time in yeah. your field, and it's this devastating grief of it's grief. not just like mm-hmm. yeah, not just like oh, I'm scared because I can't say the truth, but this like loss of this fantasy that there is like this greater good and there's like this field of journalism where you're protected under this umbrella of mm-hmm. the integrity of the truth that's what we and, like, thought losing that it's so painful yeah it's it's and i think painful. what you're what you're saying is so i don't think i could actually articulate it until you said it but it's true it's grief it's like i think a lot of people are feeling like because a lot of people thought things had changed after george floyd and people were like hopeful mm-hmm. and they were like oh like you know maybe we're actually gonna have progress and and we kind of like have seen seen a lot of that sort of eradicated so yeah there's a lot of grieving i mean out of the ashes of that i hope like there will be more like demographics in america are changing like this is not going to be an all-white country i think there's going to be backlash i mean and then like there's gonna be backlash against people like you and i who are biracial but we're the fastest growing demographic in america like there's a lot of us so soon we will soon, win. soon yeah and i mean like get your laughs in now suckers <laughs> i know but like but yeah it's true and it's just like it's it's yeah. it's really hard I, I think everyone's being hit with cognitive dissonance and grief and like oh yeah um the amount like and it was so funny like i'm on antidepressants now and like every single journalist i talked to has been like oh yeah i've been on antidepressants for years and i'm like what like how did i not know but everyone yeah. everyone is now because everyone's like so everyone's depressed and i think that's like why it's a reason why we like comics so much like every journalist i know has like their favorite comic or goes and sees comedy shows because it's like therapy for mm. us but also like a really good comic has a lot in common with a good journalist i think they are kind of the same uh, impulses that draw those two groups of people to to mm-hmm. each thing because i think there is that impulse in me where i'm like I hate it when I smell out something <laughs> sus and then I yeah. kind of want to say it. Yeah. But then I also realize if you make it into a joke, more people are going to listen. They do. Yeah. So even if you're wrong, because I've been wrong a lot. <laughs> I'm not I'm not a journalist. I don't like do my read. Like sometimes I'll just be like, I, I don't like this thing. I want to make a video. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> you're like, now it has a million views. I'm just going to let it go. <laughs> and you're like, uh, no one copy edited Oopsie. this. But your comments, like in your comments, people are going to be like, actually, you're wrong. Um, which is which I is just keep it up. The Internet will the Internet will call you Spreading out. Spreading misinformation. I mean, yeah. no, look, you're doing better than Okay, like the amount of parody TikToks I saw. Honestly. Um yeah. the like the fake calendar thing, the like, well, they were oh, like God. they're like, this is a list of terrorists. And I'm like, and everyone who could speak Arabic was like, this is a calendar. <laughs> I'm like That was so sad. That was so fucked up. Was, and you know the CN thing that fucked me up? Yeah. That blonde woman was laying on the street. Yeah. And, and I was people like people were walking behind her, like going shopping. I was like and I don't. What are you doing? I was like, I was like, who is your producer, girl? Like, no. <laughs> like, so embarrassing. And then I remember she was like, yeah. somebody called her out. They were like, why are you acting? And that was so embarrassing. And she was like, I wasn't acting. And people were like, stop. She's like, I'm deeply <gasps> afraid of all of these brown people. Oh my god, get me out of here. Um, and I think like so embarrassing. But the thing is, like, the the reason that like that calendar example blew up is there were like five million parody TikToks of that. They were like, we're in a secret tunnel. Like, here's yeah. the secret list of of terrorists, and it's it's like Monday, Tuesday. Here's my question: <laughs> Do you think the people that reported on that felt embarrassed? Because it didn't seem like they did. I call- I'm like, don't aren't you? Em- 
embarrassed, bitch. That's fucking yes, embarrassing. Yes, and actually, like, I, I mean, I reported on it, too, after I tweeted about it, because I was, like, the only form of, like, recourse I have is to, like, yell about stuff on Twitter. But, like, um, yeah. so and like, quietly, like, took that part out of the video, and they did not oh issue God. a correction, which is even dumber to me, because I was just, like, I was, like, why? Though. Like, I also friends and they were like call us out call us out because <laughs> like we can't call ourselves out um but yeah they, they like removed that from the video did not issue a correction i think they just said like oh there was an editing mistake um we've changed it but whenever you make a mistake you're supposed to like issue an editor's note and be like hi we mistakenly said this but it was actually this other thing and like that just anything on the internet is gonna live there forever so i just yeah i just don't understand why they did that it just seems so stupid i don't know <laughs> so yeah that was and that's like one of the last things that like what you were saying like the good parts of journalism yeah those are the one of the last things that make it better than social media so they need to keep up with that they need to admit their mistakes and be like we we're messed an official up. journalistic source so we're gonna keep on top of the truth if they stop doing shit like that they're no, no better than a tweet or a tiktok video do you know what i mean yeah so- they're, they're not and i'm like people are not gonna pay for this if and they're no. not going to come to your site and they're not going to look at you as like better quality if you if you've been called out on the internet and you can't even acknowledge your mistake. Admit it. You have to do that. I'm sorry. I know it's embarrassing. Yeah, but like it, that blonde woman that was laying, she was like, "Okay, I was acting a little bit. I'm sorry." She's like, like she couldn't say that. Like there could have been like, yeah, there have to be like some concessions. There have to be editorial notes. It's like we've issued. I think we have the scariest copy desk I've ever worked with. Like one of our copy edits will be like I had. We did this podcast on, like, um, how to have sex in space, and, like, we interviewed, ooh. like, everyone's like, ooh. And so we interviewed, like, these, like, sexologists and people that Oh, I said, physics. ooh, not ew. Oh. Just FYI. Ooh. You said ooh. I'm very sex positive. <laughs> no, you I said, ooh. You said ooh. ooh. Right? And it's, like, we had to, like, our copy editors, like, took, they left in the dolphin threesome, which was great. Um a dolphin threesome? Okay, that's ill. Well, no, it's just a, like it's an just animal like animal no, dolphin. No, okay, well, look. what? No, so Sorry. dolphins, dolphins can oh, only. Oh, all three of them are dolphins. Yeah, so all three of them are dolphins. It's oh, not, that's fine. It's not that's people fine. and dolphins. Okay, that's fine. No, dolphins, <laughs> dolphins like can only have sex if like one of them, them holds the other two in place because of the buoyancy really? and the water. Yeah. So like that's freaky. Yeah, so they have to like help each other because they're in like this buoyant environment. So that's why, like, astrophysicists were like, oh, this is what we would have to do in space. Like, so, like, one astronaut would have to help the other. invent, like, a harness or something. (laughs) We don't need to get, like, Jim in here. Like, that's weird. (laughs) I think we can invent something. Don't worry. (laughs) But, like, they they were talking about, like, CPR or something. And then, like, our copy editor found that, like, like, there is no formal standard for CPR in space. And so we had to, like, cut that out. But we kept in the dolphin threesome because apparently that's accurate and true. <laughs> so, okay. so yeah, I mean, like, if you are wrong about something and you're called out, it is generally embarrassing. But if you're a good editor, you're like, hey, we fucked up. We're so sorry. Like, you were right. Boom. If you messed up on the sex and space piece. We would say so. To be... <laughs> An earlier version of this said that <laughs> dolphins have threesomes. That is incorrect. Like, no, they, they do. So... Um, yeah. But um, thank you so much for joining me because yeah. I think everything that you said is so important. And, you know, I think it is... I think even our conversation is a great example of sort of your point... I think your point of view in this conversation, which is, yeah, there's huge problems with uh, journalism. There's huge problems with social media. And mm-hmm. the truth is somewhere in the, you know, like the gray area in between. Yeah. And I think even our conversation, like you are sort of like gunning for that POV. And um, it's very clear to me that that is the, you know, like the nuanced truth that isn't as fun and clean as something that you'll see on TikTok where it's like, this is bad and this is good. Yeah. Which is kind of like where I was coming from. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, um, there is there's yeah. one last thing I realized I wanted to say that I didn't say. and Go for it. Okay. So the last thing was, like, I think I talked about, um, I talked about five of my pitches that were rejected at another outlet. Yeah, yeah. And uh-huh. I think and they're all about Palestine. Yeah, they're all about Palestinians. Yeah. And like, I had a tweet thread about that that went viral, and the reason for that was um, one of – I keep in touch with all my sources. It's like auntie culture. It's like you talk to everybody in all corners of the world all the time, right? 
Um, mm-hmm. One of the threads I had, it was like this Palestinian like parkour guy, skateboarding, um, taught other kids how to do it. Like I had sent like, I had arranged like a video crew to be in Gaza like three years ago, all that. Um, that line went dead. So it's like I had given them mm. all this hope that like he'd be humanized. The outlet like was like, mm, actually, we've decided not to run it. Never got to run the story. Never got to produce it. And um, that WhatsApp line went dead. And I looked at everything. I tracked down his TikTok. Gone. His YouTube existence. Gone. His Instagram. Gone. And I think he's gone. Like, And so there mm. is, I think when we talk about the stakes of this, it's not just being right or you know, it's like there is a big part of me that wonders, like, if I had been able to humanize him and tell his story, like, would he still be alive? Like, you know, so that's the only thing I wanted to bring up because I think it's, I think that's important. That, like, it really shows the stakes of what we're talking about. Because, yeah. like, for, obviously, and it really, again, highlights the importance of the reasons that you went into journalism in the first place you know this is the voice of uh people and it's like for the editor or whoever you know killed that story that for them it was just like oh i don't want like to deal with this or mm-hmm. i don't want to like deal with this with the advertisers and blah 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 but like i think they failed to see how big that was and i feel like that's like really difficult you know like to see it in that way because for people here they're like well we don't want to say the story because we don't want to lose our fucking advertising yeah like the mattress company that fucking shows a ad on our fucking station but then the um the seriousness of what what they're doing and what they're silencing is like completely lost on them. Yeah. Well, I'm really sorry to hear that that's so moving and it's so it's so devastating. Mm-hmm. And it's like no wonder you're all on antidepressants. <laughs> because <laughs> we it's are. like how do you yeah, how do you live knowing all these things uh that happen behind the scenes and you know, the grief that I talked about like just grieving this uh dream or this, I guess, this fantasy. Um, that that sounds like very difficult. That was my sad story. Came all the way at the end. <laughs> that was the saddest. That was a sad story. Story. I I must say that I've heard in a while, and also, it was just you know, it was like a five sentence saddest story I've ever heard. Um. But thank you for sharing and thank you for being on the podcast. Um, I guess, so that was about it. Um, do you want to share your social media for people to follow you on so on social media? Yeah, sure. Um, to hear the truth. To hear the truth. Um, sure. It's it's at um it's at Tulika T U L I K A Bose like the speakers B O S E underscore because there are apparently other other Tulika Boses. <laughs> so um yeah there's like a big there's like a big picture of Bill Nye with like the world on fire um as my header. <laughs> okay, good. Mm-hmm. We'll find you. Yeah. Tulika Bose is probably the Nepo baby of the owner of Bose. Yes, totally. <laughs> She's like some sort of influencer. Um <laughs> <laughs> so yeah follow Tulika everywhere if you want to follow the podcast you can follow us on Harry Butthole Podcast on Instagram or me at YM Mayor everywhere except TikTok is Young Me Mayor thank you thank you